0: You're listening to the Stoic Solutions Podcast, practical wisdom for everyday life inspired by the ancient tradition of Stoic philosophy from Greece and Rome. I'm your host, Justin Vakula. Visit my website at stoicsolutionspodcast.com. This is episode 107, Men Going Their Own Way, MGTOW, with Sandman. I spoke with content creator Sandman about men going their own way, MGTOW, living a fulfilled life as a bachelor. We discuss parallels between stoic philosophy and MGTOW, including mindfulness, not relying on others to find purpose, and frugal living. Sandman started creating YouTube content in 2013 and continues making daily videos. He describes himself as a Canadian man discussing gender politics and modern relationships between men and women. This episode is a follow-up to a past 2018 episode of this podcast with MGTOW content creator Sunrise Hoodie. Find more information in the show notes including the past 2018 episode, and links to Sandman's content. Quick note, I wrote a chapter for the recently published book, Stoicism Today, Selected Writings, Volume 4. Find the book on Amazon.com, where you can order a Kindle or paperback version. Other authors include past podcast guests Greg Sadler, Travis Hume, Massimo Piliucci, Kai Whiting, and Leah Goldrick. Enjoy today's episode with Sandman, and cheers! All right. Thank you for coming on the show today. You're welcome. It was a few years ago I had YouTube content creator Sunrise Hoodie on the show to talk about men going their own way. So given some current events and some listeners asking about MGTOW, men going their own way, I'd like to have you on the show today and talk about your ideas about MGTOW. So to start out, what is MGTOW?
1: Uh, It's basically men choosing not to cohabitate and not marry And that's about it. So, you know, you can you can do anything else you want as a man. But those two rules, for the most part, are agreed upon in most MGTOW circles. And why are men
0: walking away from marriage cohabitation?
1: Well, it's obviously the the unfair, unjust uh, laws against, you know, men in, in marriage and divorce courts. And also just that men are being treated poorly by women these days.
0: Yes. And even looking back at Stoic philosophy, it was a curious chapter that Epictetus has on the cynic calling where he's saying that marriage isn't for everyone and having kids isn't for everyone either. One might want to focus on society at large and marriage and kids can hold you back from doing that. There are trade-offs to be had with marriage, with children and most things in life.
1: Yeah. I mean, like when I, uh, when I when I was in my 20s, around 25, I I thought to myself, okay, there's two paths in life. There's the family path, and there's the intellectual spiritual path. And the problem is the two are not compatible for most people, because you don't have time to kind of do both at the same time.
0: When Sunrise Hoodie was on, he was talking about MGTOW as freedom from and freedom to.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you know, you're free to do anything you want. But The problem with a lot of guys that go their own way is they they have an existential crisis because now they have too much freedom and they don't have enough to do. So they they kind of self-destruct. So they have to kind of figure out their purpose. Now, that's easy for someone like myself because I come, you know, front end loaded with tons of purpose. So for me, it's not that difficult to kind of pick up and do something new. But for a lot of guys, that's the most common question that I get, which is like, I'm going my own way. Now
0: what? Mm -hmm. And some spaces online, the incel, the black pill, we see these terms tossed around a lot. For them, it seems like because they're not in relationships, they can't find relationships, whatever it is, they think that life has lost meaning. And they've really given up in many ways. Like they'll say, it's over. It's over. You know, what's the point of life if I can't get married, if I can't get this relationship? And it's really sad to see that. Like, can't there be meaning
1: in some other way? Well, like it's for ninety nine percent of guys purpose in, is found in sex in a relationship, and if they don't have that, then now they have to do the difficult mental work of figuring out um you know figuring out what their purpose is and if all they have is a job that they hate and they come home and they you know do the dishes or wash or mow the lawn or whatever, then life seems kinda empty
0: so what are people finding to reorient where are they finding purpose other? Than relationships marriage
1: well the, the the first purpose uh most guys go after is trying to earn as much money as possible and kind of get in their grind like to borrow a term from the whole sigma sphere but the problem with that is like once they get enough assets resources money they save enough and they become financially free now they're gonna have another existential crisis because now they have all this free time they don't have a relationship and and they don't want one maybe so now they're kind of like what do I do with all this time? I have no purpose. And and that's even worse because at least the job before was keeping them somewhat grounded. Now they don't even have that.
0: Yes. And in Stoicism, the ancient philosophers were talking about benefiting society, taking on challenges, learning new skills, cultivating virtue. So there, there are many paths for people rather than just one that many in society would want to say, like maybe the son has a mother who's a dentist and, oh, you must be a dentist because we put this path for you. And the Stoics will say, no, there's not just one path. There can be many ways that we can find meaning. We could find virtue.
1: Yeah, but the Stoics don't sound like they're lazy. The majority of people are lazy. (laughs) The Stoics are definitely saying, no, don't
0: uh, stay under the covers. You know, get out there in the world and rise to the challenge.
1: Yeah, the only way you can find meaning and purpose is to have a difficult life. If you have an easy life, then meaning will elude you.
0: Yeah, some people will retire at a very young age and the Stokes have talked about this too, that if your life is just living on a beach and lounging all day, is that really a fulfilled life?
1: Well, you might as well be dead if you're doing that for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. For sure. Seneca would talk about this a lot. And like, is this, is this really fulfillment? Are you growing? Are you challenging yourself there? There could be more to do than just lounging around. So perhaps some kind of balance that we could still have leisure. We could have hobbies. We can find purpose in many ways. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and the the accumulation of wealth can have its own problems too. If people are sacrificing their principles or exploiting others to gain the money, so that could be a dangerous thing too.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of people. They don't, they don't kind of. I don't know. They don't really see it that way. Like you know, the the rich dad poor dad guy Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. Um, he does all these conferences where he like swindles people out of money for real estate investment, and then he invests his money in and and you know and then he manipulates the market lower or higher depending on what he wants so you know and then he's got that fake smile on his face I cannot take that smile off his face no matter what he says (laughs) he's got that smile on his face so that 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 smile kind of irks me I don't like that smile it's like no one is that happy all the time
0: Yeah, you're you're skeptical of that for sure. And sometimes people accumulate all the resources, and they're not really happy at the end of the day. Anyway, we've seen these like really high earning celebrities, movie stars. They have millions and millions of dollars, but they say, "Oh, I'm in de- I'm I'm depressed." They end themselves. I'm trying to avoid the censorship um, s word here. So yeah, maybe fulfillment won't be found in wholly focusing or mostly focusing on accumulation of resources.
1: There was a uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. But there's an astronaut who. Traveled to the moon and now he's a painter. He's like, I think he's in his eighties now. He paints, and he said that uh, the same feeling he got when he went to the moon, he gets to some extent when he paints. So you know, being creative, you know, if you're if you're creative, then that's actually a good outlet for that. You know, purpose. You could find something to be creative with, and then you know, influence people for the better. That's a possibility. Uh, You just have to find your gifts and just kind of go with it.
0: Yeah. So some self-awareness, mindfulness, finding what you're good at, what you like doing, what you're finding enjoyment in, as you talked about earlier, people will just work nine to fives and really hate the job, but they just go through the motions. And then they're what tired on the weekend. And then it's, oh, I got my Sunday, but now I'm back to work on Monday.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I experienced that as well. But the problem is you can't like once you get into that machine, it's very difficult to get out of it. And I've got a friend of mine who I'm talking to right now about this. And he's like, nothing changes. My life is the same. I have the same job for like 15 years. And like, I'm like, look, you come home and what do you do? He's like, I play video games and I, and I listen to music. I'm like, no, stop that. Build a business. You got all this extra time. Use like two, three hours a day and work on something. And now he's starting to work on something. I'm, I'm going to hand off a mic to him and see, you know, he's going to start making some videos to see how that goes. And I told him, I'll go, look, if it fails, try something different. Because like, you know, I I told him like straight up, like your concept sounds like it's going to fail. And he's like, why is that? I'm like, because your demographic is dying. Literally, they're dying. (laughs) So you're making content for an audience that's in their 60s and 70s. So I mean, then again, he could prove me wrong. I don't know. Like, But I, but I told him, it's valuable that you do that because then you... We'll at least get the skills for audio editing, recording, you'll learn, mm-hmm. you know, how to upload and put things together. So, you know, you get all these skills and then when you do the next project, then you have all these skills and it's a lot easier to do.
0: So just learning new things, taking some calculated risks to sound like can lead to fulfillment and not every venture is going to be hundred percent what we want it to be. Like we can make very high expectations and fall short, but hey, we could try it. We can set lower expectations.
1: Yeah, I mean, what I've learned is like from the Sandman channel and now hopefully going to launch this, you know, this Lego content on my uh, on my travel channel and just kind of transition that channel over to that full time. What I learned is, first of all, you need to make content that's high in demand. So people want the content. If they want it, then you got you can make it and they'll eat it up. Number one, that's that's super important. Number two, you have to. Um, you know, make sure the content is up at the high end of the quality range of that demand. So, you know, highly in demand, very good in quantity, equality. If you could increase the quantity of that content, that's even better. So if you can make it every day, you know, there there is like this one content producer, Brixie, and he produces content every day and he's making $20,000 a month doing that. All right. So, you know, he, but again, good content as often as possible and you ha- you want to make stuff that people are really really demanding but there's not enough supply in the marketplace because it's hard right because if any everyone could produce the content then it wouldn't it wouldn't have any value because it would be everywhere
0: yeah sure one thing that can happen we Alluded to before, many guys will have, many men will have this um, path in life, this idea of, oh, I'm going to get married, everything's going to be great. And they figure out that, oh, maybe this isn't the life for me. Maybe they got married, it didn't work out. And some will go into what's referred to as the red pill rage, where they, they find out these truths. They figure that, oh, maybe relationships aren't for me. My marriage didn't work out. I was taken advantage of in some way. Uh,
1: what, what do you have to say to people who are experiencing anger? I mean, I'm the one, if you go back as far as possible, I'm the one that coined red pill rage on one of my earlier videos. And, uh, you know, it's funny when I hear people use it all the time. It's like, they don't know where it comes from, but that's okay. Like, I just find it funny because it's (laughs) like, literally, you've literally put yourself in the lexicon of language because, you know, I've, I've heard like very, very high end YouTubers talking about this stuff and I'm just like, wow, I'm like influencing these people. That's great. So, um, but what would I tell guys? for Look, it's going to wear off. You can't be angry, perma angry forever. So you might be angry for six months, a year. Uh, and then, you know, you 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 keep seeing female nature and you stop getting upset. You know, you stop getting upset because the dog keeps stealing your food. Right. You're like the dog. It's stealing my food. I'm a stupid dog. Right. And, and eventually you're just like, here comes the dog again. I best I bet you <laughs> give it the food. OK. You know, that, that, that should happen, right? Some guys get stuck in this like constant anger phase. I don't, I didn't, that didn't happen to to me, but it happened for a while. Like, like I said, it happened for many, for many months until I finally got out of it. And then I still get people saying, oh, you're still just angry at women. It's like, look, I was angry like seven, eight years ago. That phase is long gone. So guys just need to get over it. Um, except that it's going to, it might take them longer. It might take them shorter to get over it, but then it's not just the red pill rage 1.0. It's also the red pill rage 2.0. And that happens when you see the, the, the red pill rage is a conscious acceptance of female nature. You consciously sit down and say, she's doing this, 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 and this.
0: All right. So you mentioned female nature and earlier in the show about guys being treated unfairly. So can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by female nature and some unfair treatment?
1: Well, you know, just being like, if you bring up women and you want to talk about women as a guy, then you're not allowed to do that. But a woman can talk about guys all she wants. So that's part of what I've been working on today. So a woman can say anything she wants about men or women, and that's okay. But if a guy talks about even men, that's not allowed. Because he's now considered a misogynist for bringing up the fact that men are treated poorly. That's what that's what that uh, a video I'm working on today. So the guy was talking to this woman and he said, it's unfair that men are being treated poorly, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, you're a misogynist. It's like, but I'm just bringing up men's poor treatment. <laughs> like, because she's instantly assuming if I if if he brings up this poor treatment, he's going to realize that it's women that are treating him m- men poorly. So. It's, maybe he's not doing it yet, but he eventually he will. So if I call him a woman hater now, then I take the argument away from him because he can't say that women hate men because they treat us poorly. So it's basically projection and a little bit of gaslighting, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yes, even the even the critics of Tao will acknowledge things like divorce court, family court leading to very bad outcomes for men. Is that what you're referring to as some of the poor treatment?
1: Uh, yeah, but not, not exclusively. Like, it's like, there's like a lot of gaslighting. There's a lot of, um, you know, control in terms of like, in, in terms of the relationship, like guys are like, you know, expected to be romantic. It's like, you weren't romantic. So I'm going to punish you by giving you the cold shoulder or you didn't remember the end It's like a guy, I don't see guys going around telling women like you need to remember the license plate on my car, the serial number on my car. It's like, do you know what the serial number on my car is? It's like, no, I hate you. You're an evil person. I'm going to give you the cold shoulder now for a month. Like mm-hmm. you don't see guys doing that. It's women that do that. And and by doing that, they're constantly keeping us on edge. They're constantly keeping us walking on eggshells that it's psychological abuse. That's what they're doing.
0: So over the over the years, a lot of men have reported these findings to you that they've dealt with in interpersonal relationships.
1: Well, not just uh, men, but like I I've also noticed it in my life and, you know, like this is this is pretty common standard female operating procedure.
0: And some some of what you've talked about in your videos is guys getting married and then after marriage, things go really south. Well, in what sense? For instance, there would be excitement, there would be romance, but then after marriage happens, that, that really falls out the window.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys, you know, women and guys, you know, they just lose interest in one another sexually over time. Um, I found that wasn't that wasn't that never really happened to me. So I had you know five year and a ten year long relationship, and I never had those like dr- sex droughts that people always talk about. So I don't know what what's going on there. Like so, maybe the women just aren't into them as much as they they think. I don't know.
0: Yeah, some will try to sell marriage, and we'll talk about this later in the show as like this blissful thing that you're always going to be happy. It's going to be this great thing, but. Modern psychologists talk about hedonic adaptation, that you get something new, you have this experience, but over time, it's not as pleasurable as it was or not as interesting as it was to begin with.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I can get addicted to one simple pleasure and just like maybe that's partial like spectrum disorder on my part. I don't know. But for me, I, I have this tendency to chase novel things and chase comfortable like familiar things so i like familiar things that keep me grounded but i also like to chase novelty as well so whereas i think most people are kind of stuck somewhere in between
0: yeah the classic example usually someone buys a brand new car and for the first week or so it's like oh this is shiny and fancy and then over time the the allure goes away
1: yeah they're they're kind of just obsessed with you know consumption and they get that shopping therapy and the you know dopamine that comes from buying it I mean I've never I never really had that maybe when I was a teenager briefly but then as I got older like I'll buy something new and usually it'll look and sound like the old thing that I bought that I replaced right so it's just or I try to make the new thing as as familiar as possible to the old and so the it's just an improvement on the old version
0: and in your channel, you talk about frugality and just not wanting many material things and just being comfortable with less. As many people can get trapped up in the rat race of, oh, I need this new thing because my neighbor or, coworker or whoever has it. And these people are making six figures or more and they're still living paycheck to paycheck and they're really not satisfied at the end of the day. Whereas the Stoics will talk about, hey, you, you can have a good life living frugally. Now, it's not to say living in squalor, having no possessions at all. It's, it's moderation, having little desires, being happy with what we have and not wanting extravagance. Well,
1: I think it comes like for me, it comes down to chasing like experiences versus chasing possessions. So sometimes, you know, frugality is. You can be frugal and travel like so like, for example, if I travel and I make videos and I write those travel trips off because I make generate money off the trips, that's great. So you can do stuff like that and you can be frugal and you can also live extravagantly at the same time. I think there's like a fine art that a lot of people haven't really learned about it. Like you do that to some extent by taking. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, you know how to live that extra but you're not living the extravagant life. For the sake of living the extravagant life, you just want certain comforts because you don't want you don't want the opposite of that, which is like the misery that, you know, like dumpster diving can bring you, right?
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, that's my other podcast, the Hurdy Gurdy Travel Podcast, where I talk about using credit cards, different benefits, deals to have these travel experiences without having to pay much out of pocket so that that's definitely been one thing as some of the critics critics of the frugal life is oh well you're depriving yourself of this and that you don't have that experience but here i am flying to other countries flying all around the united states eating these extravagant meals and having these experiences without having to pay the full price because there's no way i'm paying six thousand dollars out of pocket for a business class flight to italy but if I can use my Delta Sky miles that I got through a credit card sign-up bonus, like that's a real no-brainer to me. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you 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 understand the value of money, so you're not gonna waste it on stupid things. But if somebody's willing to give you a promotion to waste it, sure, you'll do it that way, right? Like you'll waste other people's money <laughs> yeah. to 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 live the extravagant life.
0: Yeah, and it's it's been interesting in many ways because it's reoriented as I'd get back from travel and feel inspired to do other things, have new ideas. I'd meet some interesting people. All kinds of benefits can happen that we don't really expect. But as the Stoics also warn us, if we don't have a proper mindset, we can go globetrotting. We can go in different places, but circumstances might not change. Some people will think, oh, well, if I move to a different area, everything is going to be better. But if they don't have a proper mindset, then they still are with themselves, right? Yeah. So it's a, a warning there. Some people think the grass is greener on the other side, but it's not not always. Well, they,
1: they they take their mindset with them, right? That's all we can do. That's right. So if your mindset's screwed up, it doesn't matter where you go. You're just going to be screwed up.
0: Lots of uh, stoic parallels here. <laughs> you said before the show, it sounds like common sense, but uh, that's not always in uh, great supply.
1: Well, it's people just acting out their animalistic, subconscious desires, right? Like I was talking about the, the red pill rage. So like, you know, conscious, consciously aware of female nature is the red pill rage 1.0, but then being subconsciously aware of it is 2.0. And at that point you become free. And that way you, you don't even chase at that point. You're just like, because you, your subconscious isn't even looking, it doesn't care. It's like, I got other things to do. I'm, you know, and your conscious is like, great, I got other things to do too. And you, yeah. you get stuck in that mode instead.
0: Yeah. Many people will, men and women will stay in very poor relationships that they're just kind of like living with a roommate. They don't really like each other, but they're just like doing the same thing from day to day. And like, what's the joy there? What's the fulfillment there? Some people think that, oh, well, being single is bad, but I'd rather be in a bad relationship. You know, that, that always seemed confusing to me as well.
1: The fear of loneliness Right. So they they don't want to be left alone because then their mind wanders. And then, you know, if they're not in a relationship, then they have to find another purpose. And then there's also the social conditioning. Everyone's going to look at them like their lower status. What's wrong with you if you can't find somebody, all that kind of stuff?
0: Yeah, this even went back as you had a video about um, women from Atlantic City, of all places, calling men bachelor simps for not wanting to get married. Yeah,
1: back in 19, was it 1922? Two or nineteen twenty-three. I can't remember. Oh, definitely the early nineteen hundreds. Early nineteen twenties. Yeah. So it's just it's and the language they were using is almost exactly the same as what they're using today.
0: Yeah. Some of the critics are like, "Oh, you're you're just so." Poor socially that you can't find a woman you know you can't get anyone and it's it's interesting because if if people were to say this about women like oh you're you just can't get a man like oh like you were saying before like what a terrible thing to say you're shaming her you're this you're that but it, it's okay to um punch on men in that yeah, way
1: you could say you know you're, you can't get a good man what's wrong with you like you must not be a high mm-hmm. quality woman say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. say like, stuff <laughs> like that it's like, oh, oh. Right, you're <laughs> my feelings. It's like, yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah, but it's okay for a lot of these feminist writers to bash on men. And of, of course, feminism has gotten a very, very negative reputation. Recently, we saw feminist organizations uh, defending Amber Heard after all of the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial and dismissing critics as biphobic and misogynist.
1: Yeah, they're just <laughs> look, it, it's it's the old technique of dismiss the evidence, even if it's right there in your face, and it's real. Like, evidence doesn't matter, don't you know? It's all about our feelings. It's like, all right, whatever. Like, it gets to the point where you just don't want to even listen to these women anymore. It's like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm sorry. Like, Yeah, and many women have even distanced themselves
0: from the label as well. Like, I I see these surveys come out from time to time, and they'll say, like, nope, I, I don't want to be associated with this. Like, it's a movement that says, oh, it's about equality. It's about this. It's about that. But in practice, when you look at what's being done. The vilification of men, the unfair standards in law and a lot of the double standards
1: people are walking away. Well, it's just we know it's about equity instead of equality. But, but if they say equality enough times, then you confuse the two. And then if you confuse the two, then it, so it says equity and, and then people are like, you mean equality? It's like, oh, God, like I don't even want to explain myself. And most people won't even try to understand the difference between the two words.
0: All right, moving on to another topic we touched on. The common theme in MGTOW spaces is controlling your desires or controlling your biology, as one content creator Hammerhand says.
1: Can you elaborate? Uh, On what aspect? Like, there's a lot of biology that you can control. Like, is it sexual? Is it psychological? Like, what? can you be a little bit more specific? Sure. Maybe the attraction, people just jumping
0: into relationships that might not be a good fit, just making rash decisions just going on desires and attraction rather than thinking things through and making smarter choices.
1: Well, uh, a few weeks ago I was at a wedding and I was filming the wedding and there were a couple women, the only two women that I would even consider. I was like, all right, these women are attractive enough and they've got like enough of an interesting personality. But, the more I started, like, talking to them, they they started coming up to me and talking to me. And so I was like, okay, this is good. Like, the two only two women that I find interesting in this room are actually the ones talking to me. So that's good. And then the more I kind of talked to them, the more I could see the red flags. And I was just like, red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> like, like just drunk as a skunk. Oh, my God. Like, she, what, what what's wrong with this person? Okay, bad. And, you know, the other one is just being like, I don't know, just being like bitchy to everybody so that's not good either like in terms of the question you mean in terms of male nature like i mean i saw this and like the old me would have been like i wouldn't care it would have jumped at the opportunity of either of these women if i if i had the chance but then me is now starting to see all of these things in real time before like i'm processing all the negativity before i even think about making a move right so i'm just kind of like all right like there's no redeeming qualities to these women So why would I talk to them? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like any conversation or relationship with these women is a complete waste of time. So I think the guys need to kind of sit down and figure out the women they're talking to and just be like, all right, is this person high quality, low quality? You You know, we're not even talking about the whole female nature and acting out on their own base desires and instincts. We're just talking about general behaviors at this point. Like in terms of controlling that, you just get enough experience. Like over time, you're going to you're going to have you're going to gone through the experiences enough times that you're just going to start to see the same patterns over and over again. And that's all intelligence is. It's, you know, pattern recognition. Mm-hmm.
0: And it sounds like having high standards, too. And you'll certainly hear this in some women's spaces online of, you know, the guy has to be six foot tall. He has to make six figures. He has to be this. He has to be that. And women will talk about this all the time, but if guys will say like, "Hey, I'm not interested in someone who's going to be drinking to excess," why why the double standard there that the women can have but, standards but, you know but, what it, but men? You
1: see can't. all of the things; they're all superficial standards, right? So it's like, you know, height can't control it, like income. Yeah, but what does he do? Like, you know, they don't they don't say, you know, I want to I want to meet somebody that's really interesting and and has a really great life, and you know, like. They don't want to bring up any of that stuff, right? Like something, someone exciting, and something you, you know, some exciting life thing going on. No, they don't talk about that. All they talk about is like six figures. They talk about the income, but then the guy—that's that could be just any old boring guy, right? Like, it, what about the personality behind that?
0: Yeah. So to be more conscious, more conscious about what we want, what we're looking for, or whether we're just going to step away altogether. As, yeah, maybe it's just not a good fit for certain people. Maybe people are more introverted. Maybe people just want their own space, their own time. Like, there could be all kinds of reasons that people don't want relationships, men and women.
1: I've actually been thrown around the idea of interviewing women that I find fascinating. And, like, again, there's very, very few of them. Like, a few days ago, I was watching one of them, um, Eve Lorgan. She's a psychologist and. Uh, she does like extraterrestrial work and stuff like that in terms of like figuring out the psychology behind all of that. And like just the you know, she blows me away in so many ways in terms of like like her understanding of psychology, but also understanding about a lot of these issues I find fascinating. But I mean, I'm not I am have no interest in in dating or relationships, but I just find it talking to women like that refreshing because there's a lot more like order in their brain as opposed to the average woman and so much of the time we get caught up on appearances that we don't like delve deeper in right i I just think guys need to kind of dig deeper instead of allowing their instincts to like the gaze of the woman to kind of take over and for them to kind of be disarmed and then just like fall for fall for her beauty instead of falling for her brain
0: Yeah. And as you've talked about in your channel, some guys get what you've called one-itis, where maybe they were really attracted to someone in high school or undergrad. They had this really strong emotional connection. Things didn't work out. Things didn't develop. And they're really stuck on that one person, and they're having a difficult time finding meaning because they can't have that one relationship. Can you talk about that? How how would people get away from that idea. Sometimes we hear in some religious spaces of a soulmate, and this is like the one person for you.
1: Yeah. If you get caught up in the whole one-itis, like this is, again, a big philosophy question that people have been wrestling with for thousands of years. So, you know, you get Shakespeare and he wrote Romeo and Juliet, and the way Romeo got over Rosaline was by falling in love with Juliet. So the idea is kind of like, you know, if to get over one-itis, you fall into one-itis with somebody else. <laughs> So, Best of
0: things, as the Stoics warn about too much attachment toward others. That we, we ought to have our own sense of self, our own life, and not be so codependent on
1: another person. Now, Stoics sound like they're Jedi's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we'll use the Force in a, a good way here.
1: Yeah, right. no, it's like attachment is codependency in some ways because you become dependent on that person for your fulfillment, and maybe they become the same way. And then it blinds you from all the other things that they may or may not be doing.
0: All right, let's move on and discuss some of the critics, the criticism towards MGTOW. One common thing we hear is not all women are like that.
1: Well, like I said, not all women, like some women can recognize their instincts and choose not to act out on them. But usually those women have something else going for them, something else they're more passionate about than just a man. Maybe they have an animal. Maybe they have, like, a career they're working on. I don't know. Like, so not all women are like that when it comes to men, but then they might obsess over something else just as equally.
0: Yeah, or you hear, like, oh, you've just had bad experiences. Like, you've just met a bunch of lower-quality people but haven't met, you know, fulfilling partners or you know another well, another line of criticism well like that's this.
1: always like a cop-out because it's basically saying you need to go out there and you know she's out there you just haven't found her yet it's like yes so you gotta keep <laughs> looking and you're gonna spend the rest of your life looking and you're like i haven't found her yet i'm 80 years old it's like she's out there it's like okay at what point do you sit you know do you throw in the towel
0: yeah it could be a lot of time a lot of emotional goings-on right trying to find that partner and some people just like, okay, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm just going to do my own thing. But the
1: idea is that if you, if they get you going out there and you keep looking, then you're still thinking about women and, and eventually you, maybe you'll fall in love with someone that's wrong and you'll, you know, end up marrying that person and that'll screw you up even more. And, but that woman will benefit. So they're just, they're playing this game where they're, they're promoting bad behavior on your part and, and they're, and they're saying that it's your fault. For the bad behavior so go out mm-hmm. and make more bad behavior <laughs> it's like
0: yeah it's like well you didn't you you didn't pick the right person but how many people end up getting married and then divorced like two months later a year later whatever they thought they found quote unquote the right person but that happened to not be the case
1: yeah it's like you know you haven't you know there's that analogy of like you know touch the stove you get burned enough times you stop touching the stove it's like well you just haven't touched the right stove yet right like <laughs> That one They all burned you so far, like eventually there's going to be one that's not going to be powered on. You just got to make sure you touch the right one. And the problem with finding the so-called right woman is if she's a good quality woman, odds are she's already taken. So, you know, if, if you look up uh, Aaron Clary, he's got this book called, I think it's a book of numbers. And if you look at how many women are actually eligible your age that meet all the criteria that you're looking for, it's only like half a percent of half a percent or something ridiculous. So then you got to ask yourself, okay, if it's 1 in 400, did I just find the woman that's 1 in 400 that's single? It's like, no. It's like, next.
0: (laughs) All right. Another criticism or critics. Uh, MGTOW came up in Canadian Parliament.
1: Okay, yeah. Pierre Polyver was promoting uh, his YouTube videos by tagging MGTOW back in 2018 before it was demonetized. And so apparently he like took the tags off after that. And, you know, so that's all that uh, the Canadian government could go after him on. They were just trying to prove that he was a misogynist because he tagged some MGTOW in his like he probably had another 50 other tags in there. He probably hired some company to do it for him. And yet he's a misogynist now because he tagged MGTOW. They don't even explain it. They just kind of say that's it. Like they don't explain what it means or anything. They just say misogynist group. It's like, all right.
0: Yeah, and I, I think there are some who will have the red pill rage as you mentioned, and we're trying to warn against that as yeah, there are some people who've really been burned and it's like, oh, all women are this, all women are that, and like very negative. Um, but but we're not promoting that. We're not saying that's the way to go. That's exactly the wrong way to go.
1: Yeah, but they don't they don't want us to be free of them. They need us to keep coming back because so long as we're in love, so long as we keep chasing it shuts off our higher reason in a lot of ways. And then we can't see what, you know, the powers that don't want us to be are actually doing to manipulate us.
0: Some will also lump in MGTOW with others in the quote-unquote manosphere, the uh, pickup artists, for instance. We mentioned the Black Pill and the incel, but we're we're definitely, uh, MGTOW is definitely different than those other spaces. As the critics will put everybody in one bunch, they'll say, oh, this person ended some people at a school or this pickup artist is charging guys like a thousand dollars an hour and taking advantage of younger men. They're, they're lumping everybody together and using those examples to come down on MGTOW.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So look every, all those other groups are not a threat to the system. MGTOW is a threat to the system because as soon as guys walk away from relationships, they stop producing as much wealth. Right. And when they're in a relationship, they produce more as well. And so that means they work lower, like less hours. And that adds to inflation because now if guys are working less, then there is more work to be done and they have to pay the workers more to basically bring them in because, you know, less guys are willing to work. So it just it fuels inflation.
0: And you had a discussion with a pickup artist recently. It was what Alex from Playing With Fire, I believe. And at one point in the conversation, it was very interesting because you told him, hey, I'm not interested in a relationship. And he was like astonished. I think his like neck moved back on camera and he, he just couldn't understand it or yeah, didn't want to or was like keep pushing the idea on you.
1: Yeah, he, he just he was just in shock. He's like, you mean you won't go back and eat the ice cream? It's like, no, I'm done with the ice cream. It's like, but it's so good. It's like, no, it's not like you haven't had all the ice cream you want. So, you know, after you've had it for 20 years, what do you want? You don't want it anymore. You're full. He, they just, he just doesn't understand that he's in his, I think he's late twenties, early thirties, give him mm-hmm. some time. He'll adapt, he'll learn, and then maybe he'll dump the extra baggage that he carries and that'll be it.
0: Yeah. Many of these pickup artists come out later in life and saying like, oh, my main goal was to hook up with all these women. I did that. And now I think it just wasn't a good pursuit. So some of them are like converting to religion or they're like, oh, I was mistaken the whole time. And you know, like they haven't found fulfillment in in chasing desire. Well, yeah, like
1: Rush V running off and becoming an Orthodox uh, Christian, right? It's like, it's like, you know, God tells me that it's like, look, you went from the crutch of women to the crutch of God. Now you can't live your life crutch free, right? So they need something that's going to give them, um, like, look, I'm not going to lie to you, like. If, you know, if I go into a church or a synagogue or, you know, whatever house of religion, there is a certain ambiance and certain vibe. I don't know if you could call it the the Holy Spirit or if you whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But it's positive. It's there. I feel it. And the energy varies depending on who's in the church. Maybe it's being generated from the people in the church. I don't know. If there was a way to measure it, that would be great because then I could like prove that. But anyway, so I feel this energy. It's there. It feels like this kind of like like you're drinking really like you're drinking warm beverage and it's warming you up from the inside out. That's the closest I can kind of tell you. So it, it gives you a bit of a euphoric feeling. So if when you're in love, you have a little bit of euphoric feeling. So now you're going in, into religion and you have a euphoric feeling. So, you know, all of these things kind of give you this feeling, but they don't fulfill like some higher level You know of you like some self-actualized higher level of you that's difficult because then you have to drop all of the emotional crutches and You have to say I'm naked without these emotions and I'm just going to like work and and build things and um, A lot of people they can't handle that because they're not getting any real fulfillment from that
0: Yeah, and the stoics warn us about looking too much toward externals things outside of us for that fulfillment because it's very rickety that there's a fragility about things that those people might move on, they might go away, they life expires, right? So it's it's not a certainty. Some critics will say like, oh, well, you're you, what are you going to um, die alone? And and I, I find that a really interesting one too. It's like, okay, well, having a person at your deathbed is going to like fix things or like, what's yeah, I'm gonna live in misery for about? 35
1: yeah. years and then just to, so I could die with somebody next to me for like a week or two. It's like, what's the point of that? It's like, I'm going to wreck my entire life so I don't have to die low.
0: Some critics will point out of like, look, this and that marriage worked out, this and that arrangement worked out. But what is the success rate? If the divorce is more than 50%, if infidelity is very high, financial problems, family courts, we've mentioned some of these risks, and some men don't want to take those on. They think the risks are too high and the payoff isn't
1: well isn't worth look I' Look, what did I dice. post on uh, Twitter today? Let me see. You know, th- people are posting, you know, like affairs put a spring in your step, boost self-confidence and life satisfaction, but only if you're a woman, study finds. So it's just like, you know, a fa- if a woman has an affair, it's a good thing for her. But if a man does it's a bad thing for him, right? It's what is this deputy science editor for Daily Mail, Right. Like this is now science, right? Trust the science. <laughs> the women are allowed to cheat, but men don't do it. It's not good for you.
0: Yeah. And some some men even excusing that kind of behavior away. Like we had um, the Internet's favorite, Jack Murphy, a few uh, about a year ago, who was saying that, oh, this is an energizing thing for me when my wife meets other men. <laughs> so oh, man.
1: Let's see. Let's gotten, is he even around? He really like reminded
0: up. Oh, he's back. And if you if you don't forgive him, you're not a true American. You're not a true Christian. You know, it's it, it's still the the train wreck continues, to say the least. But
1: does he still have a channel? That's still-
0: Oh, yes. Yes. He's he's back on Twitter. He's back on social media. He's doing videos. Yeah.
1: Let's see here. I just type it in Jack Murphy. Did he change? Did he change his name? Or- no, Jack Murphy live. There we go. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what's up with this. Huh. <laughs> Uh, maybe 1500 views mm, that four months ago, he hasn't posted anything in well over four months. Now let's see what people are posting under like Maybe he's been editing his uh, comments. Yeah. I don't see any like, like, Hey cuck, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe no more of that. All right. To move on to another critic, Jordan Peterson, who I actually had very positive things to say about in a previous episode. I even wrote a chapter about parallels of his work in Stoic philosophy, not necessarily that he is a stoic or was a stoic, but more recently I've been seeing a lot of things that I haven't liked from him. Um just shaming language as you've mentioned on your channel, calling people deluded or immature if they don't want to have children.
1: He's married, he comes from a small town, so for him relationships with his like childhood, you know, girlfriend that he had is a lot safer than if you're growing up in a big city and you're just like using Tinder. And he was doing, you know, he got married, what, like 35 years ago? And if you're in a small town, time goes back 20 years. So that's like being married 55 years ago. So, you know, like 1960s, 1970s technically, right? So again, life was a lot different back then. Expectations were a lot different back then. So when he's telling guys to do all of these things, he's not he's not doing it from today's perspective. He's doing it from his own experience from you know, 50 years ago.
0: Yeah, and it's just a tax on people. I I would think it could be very mature for some people to say, hey, I'm just not in a great spot right now in life to have kids. Maybe finances aren't in order. Maybe my mental health isn't so great. So can it be very mature to say, okay, I'm not going to take on this great responsibility. It's not the time. Maybe it's never the time. And hey, I can just help society in other ways rather than giving birth. Yeah, and look... bringing children in the world. Yeah,
1: we're looking at, I was doing a video uh, script a few days ago. It's about China. And the Chinese are now freaking out because the fertility rates are crashing. Nobody's getting married. Nobody's having kids. They don't know what to do. You know, they introduced the three child policy. They're like, have three children. It's like, no, we're still having one. (laughs) Like, oh, well, now, now the talk is basically and at some point, it'll be like, well, g- guys aren't having kids. They don't want to have kids anymore. Women aren't. No one's having kids. What are we going to do? Oh, we're going to introduce a social credit score. If you don't get married and we're going to punish you financially, you won't be able to travel. You won't be able to, like, enjoy all these other things until you get married. That's I think that's probably where we're going to. Yeah,
0: maybe so. He He's also called marriage, quote, your best chance at happiness and, quote, the perfect date that repeats endlessly. <sighs>
1: Like, I, no,
0: this, this doesn't seem uh, very mature to me. Well, look,
1: it sounds like he's dependent on his wife for his emotional stability. So he's, he's so like obsessed with her that when she, the thought of her dying drove him into madness, like that's not a good way to live, right? Like, it's just like, you know, this person could die. It's like, if they die, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a hopeless wreck for the, you know, the rest of my life. It's like, all right, he's not, he doesn't share the views of the MGTOW community. He hasn't lived the experience of guys that are younger than him. So you can't, unless you've lived through somebody's experience, the gained wisdom from in the same things, you don't understand where they're coming from.
0: And your best chance at happiness. If this is like the golden path that everyone needs to get, like the secret ending to the video game, uh, maybe, maybe not the best chance. And what about all the people who have lost happiness in many ways because they got married?
1: Well, you know I don't think he's gaining okay so he's a creative type so he's highly creative and uh, high in trade openness so he should have tons of purpose to kind of fulfill himself away from relationships so like that technically that you know somebody who's obsessed with their creativity and he can be as creative as he wants and write as much as he wants so everything should be working out perfectly for him but it's not he's still missing something so he still needs those human relationships
0: yeah, I really liked his old lectures, especially the college lectures. He's talking about personality, psychology, philosophy, existentialism. I thought he did a great job with those, even as a non-religious person, the biblical lectures I thought were really interesting. He had, he had a lot of positive things, and it's like, Jordan, if you're not married, can you not like per- create these great things for the world? Like people have found meaning and fulfillment because of some of your work and now you're saying like oh they have to be married to have this kind of fulfillment it's the best chance at happiness well
1: look that's why he's not being canceled that's what that's the way for him to kind of like deflect critics especially women right because women is like oh he's promoting marriage good 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 right like that's that's all they care about because then he's like good don't take my slaves away keep the slaves coming
0: Right, that's it. Yeah, and and they still hate him anyway. Like he's this like ultra incel king misogynist, whatever. It's it's really wild.
1: uh, Yeah, wild. Olivia Wilde was the one who said that. Yeah, no, it's just she just said it to gain some like notoriety in the media. That's pretty much what I think.
0: Yes, and moving on with Peterson. uh, This is from the Daily Wire. In the first part of his in the first part of the series titled "The Promise," Peterson covers why monogamous marriages are rationally, intellectually, and spiritually better than the short term hedonistic pleasure of the single life, which produces nothing but chaotic disaster, anxiety, misery, and a decrease in overall happiness.
1: Again, depends on the guy. But for me, I just can't find relationships all that like in terms of uh, short term relationships and flings and one night stands. I don't find them fulfilling at all. But then again, I don't find relationships fulfilling.
0: It's uh, quite the di- dichotomy. It's either you have the monogamous marriage or the short-term hedonistic pleasure of the single life. Like, why can't it be something else rather than short-term hedonistic pleasure? Some some people are saying, hey, I could have relationship. I can have this. I can have that. But just not sign the government contract is what some men are doing as well.
1: Yeah, but the government contract puts you on the hook and the gov- they basically allows the government to control you.
0: Oh, I'm saying they're, they're not signing the contract. Some men will say, hey, I just don't want marriage, but I can have all these other things. Like maybe you won't get the tax benefits, maybe some protections. But there's like weighing the trade offs is what we've been talking about. And finally, Jordan explains that what you're sacrificing by getting marriage are the things that should have already fallen by the wayside with the advent of maturity and that the gains far outweigh the so-called loss of freedoms.
1: Yeah, it depends on what how much you use your freedoms. If you use your freedoms, then the loss might actually be great.
0: Yeah, so it's not the one path for everyone. And yes, there are there are some trade offs, but people are thinking, okay, is it is it worth it? Do we really need all these other things to have meaning to find fulfillment? And what have been your biggest challenges as MGTOW?
1: In terms of money, women, purpose, like it's <laughs> a big question. Any, any, yeah, anything really, uh,
0: by, by intentionally being a bachelor, what's been difficult? What, what might be the hardest part of that?
1: I don't know. Like it, it, it's, it's made my life a lot easier in so many ways. Like financially, I have a lot more money than if I had stayed in relationships. That's not only because I didn't, I wouldn't spend as much, but because I had more time to earn it. I had more time to like, think about how I was going to earn it. had more time to work. So that's been a benefit. Um, you know, the 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 negatives, the only negative I can think of is just not getting sex and not being able to fully relax in somebody's arms and just kind of like lose myself in the moment. But the thing is I know that's not real. That's like that's like that's just fake. And I accept that now. So, for me it's just why would I do that? Why would I get involved in something artificial? Like it's it doesn't make any sense.
0: Some people might struggle with loneliness to some extent. Is that's a, a constant challenge that even the ancient Greeks and Romans would talk about and how to overcome. That. I mean,
1: I have too many things I want to do to keep me from feeling lonely. Like my day is usually pretty busy. Like I'm either starting another project or I'm working on a current pro- like channel or you know like I've uh, like for me to have free time. To kind of think about these things, I've already thought about these things. Like I could sit there and get all depressed and, you know, like, you know, what, so what? I'm going to die alone. You know, actually, it's a good thing because I don't like I've, I've seen people when they're dying and they don't want people around. Yet people still hang around to show that they're virtuous to others by hanging around the dying person. <laughs> the dying person just wants to be left alone. Right. If you had a dog, the dog just goes and sleeps in its bed when it's old. It just wants to be left alone. It's like, don't harass me. I'm just tired and old. Leave me alone. <laughs> just let me die yes the exactly right like yeah. and yet now humans are like you can't die alone we need to be around you and harass you in the last moments of your life it's like no you you can't die in peace we've made your life living hell now we, we got to make sure it's hell from beginning to end we can't give you even a little <laughs> bit of relief at the end sorry not e-
0: not even at the last. no
1: <laughs> no and, and they make it sound like you're gonna die alone you're gonna suffer if you're alone no they you're gonna suffer by having them around at the last moment because they have to prove their their virtue to everybody else, how wonderful they were. to you meanwhile they've been an ass to your, to your whole life? All right. And some critics
0: will also say like, Oh, you haven't tried relationships. So you're just dismissive of the whole thing, but you've talked a lot on your channel about past relationships and your experiences with two
1: them. solid long-term relationships that lasted 15 years. And then dating in high school. Like, I don't understand like how much more proof does anyone need? You know, 15 to 20 years of like long-term relationships. Look, for me, it was never an issue like people like, oh, the guys, there's no communication. He doesn't want to talk to me. Like I have always had plenty of communication. I would always give women plenty of attention. I, I, there were like all these things that they wouldn't get for most men. But, you know, like most guys, they just don't talk. They don't they don't really say much. So like women, women want a communicator, even if it's just to hear somebody talk to them because that makes them feel special that somebody's talking to them.
0: And any recommendations for people considering MGTOW, maybe implementing some MGTOW into their lives?
1: Well, it depends on, like, are they, have they taken the red pill or are they just kind of like, like, you got to go deeper on that one?
0: Well, sure. Some people may be spending less time pursuing relationships, maybe considering walking away from relationships.
1: Well, look, leave yourself open to being in relationships. But just make sure, like, no cohabitation and no marriage, right? So you can be in a relationship and you can live your life and have your own space and yada, yada, yada. But if, if, if it starts getting bad, you can cut yourself off a lot easier that way. Right? So that's, that's one benefit. And that's technically you going your own way. But if you go monk mode, that's a completely different thing, right? Like that, and I think the monk mode thing just kind of happens on its own over time. You can't really force that. And can you describe that for listeners? Monk mode means that you're a guy that's not really in relationships at all. Like you're just kind of like, I'm done with relationships and sex and in general. And I've just, you know, the funny thing is, um, the, you know, we used to have monks and nuns and now those numbers are collapsing. And it's like the only monks that are growing are the MGTOW monk numbers. Everything else, like Christian monks are gone. So It's hilarious because it's like the only men that aren't having sex by choice are the MGTOW guys.
0: And yeah, going back on the Peterson thing, it was a thinking ape or Stardust who was saying, hey, there were a lot of monastic men in Christian traditions that priests were taking vows of celibacy. And hey, didn't they still find meaning with their traditions?
1: Yeah, exactly. But again, they found the opium of religion. So you kind of have to look at that from from a different perspective again. Some
0: yeah, some people leaning too much on religion to find purpose, find meaning. And sometimes you hear like, well, if you don't have religion, then what's the point of life? Should you just end it kind of thing? And maybe there's some parallels there with red pill rage that some people were brought up in religious traditions, but later in life decide, hey, I don't find good reason to believe these things anymore. But they're reorienting and finding purpose and finding meaning in different ways.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So I just think that people need to kind of recognize that it's okay not to be in a relationship and when you're not in a relationship it's okay to kind of go and avoid your self-discovery and not just like feel bad about yourself
0: yeah some people exiting a relationship and very quickly getting into another one where maybe some would say hey step aside spend some time with yourself and reevaluate things rather than just jumping into something i
1: else. mean i was I was guilty of that as well like but then once once I kind of found MGTOW philosophy, then I didn't need to do that anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. And we, we often hear, is it like a philosophy, a movement? Like, how how do you describe it?
1: So it's a philosophy, right? Because if it was a movement, it would basically be, um, you know, guys doing something, trying to accomplish some sort of goal. But their only goal is a personal one. It's not a collective one.
0: All right. Very good. And anything else to add as we get towards the end of the conversation? No, I'm good. All right, and how can people find your
1: content? I uh, you can just do a search on uh, YouTube for Sandman MGTOW, and hopefully I pop up now. I don't know. Sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. Or they can also go to, like, Odyssey and do the same, or Rumble, or BitChute, or TV. I'm usually up there in the trending on there. So, yeah, you, you got a few ways you can find me. Or even on Twitter. I'm on Twitter quite actively.
0: And that's Sandman, S-A-N-D-M-A-N. Sandman. And then MGTOW, yeah. MgtoW exactly acronym, yep. and and what what led to the name Sandman?
1: Uh, it's kind of like the Sandman comics, and it has has to do with Morpheus. So in the Sandman comic comics, he's kind of also known as Morpheus, and that's kind of the character, like the the role that I always kind of took to myself. I didn't want to be the, I wanted to be the one that kind of awakens people. As opposed to the you know the the Neo character from the Matrix, I'd be, I'm more like the Morpheus character. All right, very
0: good. Thanks for joining me today. No worries. Thanks again. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more content. See the show notes for more information and links surrounding topics discussed in this episode. Support my efforts through my Patreon page found at StoicSolutionsPodcast.com. Access special perks, including having upcoming podcast guests answer your questions custom-made podcast episodes and private one-on-one calls to discuss whatever you'd like. Find me in the 2022 book Stoicism Today: Selected Writings Volume 4. Order a paperback or Kindle version of the book from amazon.com. Visit my other podcast at hurdygurdytravel.com. That's h u r d y g u r d y travel.com to learn how to make money, save money, and travel the world at next to no cost with credit card rewards deals, and loyalty programs. Use affiliate or referral links to support me at no extra cost to you. Thanks to generous patrons and fans of this podcast who help support my work. Have a great day.